Hey, I'm Camille Joy, the host and creator of the Moments of Joy podcast, the place that will leave you surely feeling motivated, inspired, and encouraged. Welcome to the show. I need the joy. episode of the Moments of Joy podcast has been brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing sponsorship opportunities. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose the perfect opportunity that's right for your show. That's a big thing for us. You never have to hand over any parts of your show. Um, They support you right up front and they protect the work that you do for them and cover you when you work with different brands. The Marketplace um, mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control when we are monetizing our show. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Hey everyone, welcome back for another encouraging episode. My name is Camille Joy and I felt the need to reintroduce myself. I am noticing that I'm gaining um, a few new followers and our statistics are just showing that we have new listeners. And so since we have been Um, a community of MVP listeners (laughs) for those that come back every week. I wanted to just start from the beginning. Um, We're in a new year and I wanted to just um, begin to share little bits and pieces of me and why I'm so passionate about um, sharing Jesus and sharing encouragement and motivation and inspiration. And so before I get to that, um, I just want to announce to you that we are having a how to start a podcast class and I'm running a 2020 special and um, you can check out the information on that at Camille-Joy.com if you are interested or if you're thinking about starting a podcast I'm making it very easy and I am entering you into a community where you will have access to me Um, we will be doing an online course on February 1st to teach everyone and the online community will be ongoing but after February 1st, the cost will go up substantially as I regroup and um, reorganize the class. So take advantage of the New Year special. So back to my reintroduction. I am a mother of five young men. And so I believe that my ministry and my heart goes out to the mother. I'm always praying for moms. I'm always encouraging moms. And then on the flip side, I'm always praying for younger women um, growing up, teenagers who are going through um, identity crisis and going through rebellion because that's where I 
you know, found myself as a teenager. Uh, a lot of times when I talk about the things that I've been through, people can't believe that I actually did them, those things, because I'm so far from it today. You know, you meet me today and I'm just happy-go-lucky. I'm friendly. Uh, you know, I'm a Jesus freak, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like, let's go, Jesus. Like, you know, none of us are perfect, but I just want people to experience the love and life-changing love of Christ. So, you know, at 14 years old, I guess it would be the time that I really begin to rebel against my parents and rebel so hard. You know, they would set rules as us parents do, and I bless God that my children are not rebellious like I was. But, um, you know, my parents would set rules, and I would deliberately disobey. Um, you know, I they would say, no, you can't go to that party. And I would say, yes, I am going to the party. And I would take the punishment when I got home. You know, um, I think that the not so good thing was that we lived very close to the projects growing up. So although I had two parents and I grew up in a home that was, um, you know, church, a church home, I grew up with two minister parents you know, uh, I decided that I was going to live the way I wanted to live. And so party, yes, I started smoking weed freshman year. Yep. I smoked cigarettes freshman year. Yes. And this was also the year that I lost my virginity. Uh, freshman year, I lost my virginity to a senior in high school and um, not even in a in a hotel or in his room or his house, me and my friends were smoking weed with his friends in a vacant apartment that nobody lived in. And I lost my virginity right there in that apartment. And so I had growing up, which is why I have such a heart for young women. I didn't know who I was. You know, I, I didn't know that I was beautiful, although my mom always, you know, took us to the hair salon. So she made sure that her daughters were always put together. There was no emphasis for me on making sure the inside of me was put together and, you know, no fault to her. I love my mama. <laughs> um, she was a guest on my show. If you go back and listen to Mama Kathy's episode, and she was a pivotal um, piece in my life in getting me back together again after I had fell apart. But as a teenager, I just uh, wanted to do what I wanted to do. I, I was struggling a lot with rebellion and also just low self-esteem. I think that low self-esteem comes in many different ways. And although someone uh, can be put together on the outside and seem very happy and strong, their actions will show that they do not love themselves or, or know how to love themselves. And so I began that journey. Um, 15 years old, I ended up getting pregnant with my son and having him at 16 years old. And that's a story that I share a lot. Um, but, but there's another piece to that. Um, because at 17 years old, I, I met an older guy and um, he was 25 years older than me to be exact. I didn't know at the time 
that he was that much older than me um, because he dressed so young. He had so much jewelry. He was like a rapper with a fancy car because he had a candy apple red Range Rover. So, of course, me now having a child, being 17 years old, you know, going to my first job at, at the grocery store and, and um, bumping into this guy downtown in my town, you know, I thought I was grown and choosing to date him. And, you know, when you make materialism your God, it's just another way that the enemy can trick you. And so that's why my heart goes out to the young women. I stated before that I, my heart, like I pray for them. I mentor them because, you know, our parents used to say this saying, and I don't know if many of you can relate, but they say that teenagers can't see past their nose. And it's so true. Sometimes, a lot of the times, you can't see what's coming. You can't see that trouble is ahead of you. You can't see that this path that you're going down may not be the right path. And so... I began to date this man um, a little bit fast forward. I left my home at 17 years old and dropped out of high school because he was a hustler. He was like something straight out of one of those uh, urban books that you read. <laughs> so um, he was a hustler and I had so much um, money in my face that, you know, I felt like this is what I was going to live and chase and um, be like. I had no worries. So I left my home at 17 years old and I had another child at 18, another child at 19, and another child at 21. So by 21, I have four children. And this is, you know, during the course of the time there, I stayed in that relationship for five years and during the course of the time, it, it grew sexually abusive, mentally abusive, uh, physically abusive, verbally abusive. And I think I could remember vividly being 17. And I remember before I met him having a conversation with my mom. It was like after we had seen some TV show. And I remember saying, I don't know how women could be in abusive relationships because I will kill him. I will not have it. You know, but many times that is what a lot of people say until I came out of it, I realized that anyone um, who has self-esteem issues, who hasn't been whole and healed and dealt with um, their inner selves and the trauma, uh, you know, that, that they have gone through or not trauma or just begin to love themselves. Anyone can find themselves in an abusive, controlling, manipulating relationship. And especially as a child, um, I didn't even find out that he was 25 years older than me until I had my first baby and he had to sign a birth certificate. And then I saw that he was not the 28-year-old that he told me. He was indeed 42. And I was 18. And so I continued to stay there. I continued to 
you know, live and take care of my children. I didn't work. I was a stay-at-home mom. And things just became increasingly controlling. Um, You know, my mom and my family didn't lay eyes on me, but maybe eight months once a year or once every eight months or six months or whenever I came around, um, he took the phones out of the house. So if you, you needed to get in touch with me, you needed to call his phone and he would pass me the phone. And he did that because of his infidelity. I got so many calls that he was like, I'm taking the phone out of the house, right? A warden. So finally I got tired of the abuse and I I decided to leave that day was very dramatic and I remember it like it was yesterday MVPs if you've been rocking with me from the beginning of the show you've heard me share this story before um so one day my mom came to visit and my mom ended up taking a job that was close to where I lived. I lived about 45 minutes away from her. We didn't talk very much, but after I had my last son, she became um, more present and our relationship began to heal more. She began to tell me, you know, that she loved me and that whenever I got tired enough that I could always come home. So when she first started to say that to me I was like what I'm not going home what do I look like I have four kids now I don't know I, you don't even have space for me I'm gonna go sleep on your couch you know I would say these things to myself to talk myself into like not going home or not leaving this situation because I had nothing um but one day she came to visit me and The children's father came home and he came home with food. And normally when he came home, I would just get up and immediately start cooking. But this day I didn't because my mom was there and I continued to converse with her. I continued to, you know, just spend mommy daughter time. And so my mom noticed that he was getting a little agitated. So she was like, Camille, I'm going to leave and I'll see you guys another time. Um, we went outside, you know, as you sometimes do when you have visitors and walk your visitors out to their car and finish, uh, you know, talking to them. And so my little ones came following behind me and I had my two week old in my arms at the time. And, um, you know, I said, bye mom. And it started to drizzle and my kid's father came on the porch and he was like, what the F bring these kids in that mother effing house right my mom's still right there but he didn't care so I was like mom I'm let me talk to you later I'll see you later And, and she left now when I came in the house we started to argue and I sat on the couch and I was like I'm going home something had broke in that moment and I knew that I had the love and support of my mom And I was leaving. I called my mom to come back around. I said, Mom, are you on the highway already? And she said, no. Why? What's going on? I said, can you please come back and get me? I want to leave. And she said, yes. And she turned around. She came back and got us. I had already been storing bags of clothes in their closet. Big black garbage bags. And I would just pack them up and just wait for the day that I could escape. I used to pray to God because, 
You know, I told you guys that I was raised by Christian parents. So they gave me the foundation. I knew that when my heart was heavy and I didn't know what to do, I would pray. I would just talk to God. I would say, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I won't come back. God, please help me. You know, I would just cry to him. You know, well, I was miserable, you know, finding out there were other children, you know, the same age as my kids or, you know, having to just know that he had other women and deal with it, you know, um, different ridiculous situations that I found myself in. I, I just knew that I could still talk to God. And so when my mom came home, it started to rain outside it was raining cats and dogs and I put the kids in the car seat in her van and I started to load the trunk with black, big black garbage bags and we closed that door to that van and we took off and that is when my life began to change. We went to mommy's house and I had the support of my family so that I wasn't overwhelmed raising four little boys on my own. I had two sisters, my mom and my dad, and we are a very close-knit family. And if it wasn't for them, me being able to rededicate my life to God and to climbing back up would have been very difficult. And so we got to mom's house four children we pushed the couches together her two couches and we made our bed and so that was the moment where I decided that all right God I'm here now I'm just gonna give you my all see like a few months before that my mom like I said she she was already visiting me and so she would like asked me if I wanted to come visit church with her. I think I went to church maybe two times with her, three times, and I rededicated my life to God, and I was ready. There's no way that I could have escaped that abuse without the strength of Jesus. I I got supernatural strength that made me look around and know that I had nothing I had nothing, but I had hope in God and I have faith. And so um, that brings me back to our topic for today. And it is hope in destiny. I want to invite you all, if you haven't been listening, and if this is your first time listening, go back all the way into December and check out our Chasing Destiny episodes. We've been on destiny since the first week of December and we're still there because we are a community that is chasing our destiny and this week I wanted to talk about hope and courage because what I described to you was a very hopeless situation what was I going to do how was I going to rebuild my life How was I going to make it? You know, I am 34 years old now. I left that situation when I was 21. As a matter of fact, I was 22. I was 22. Just about 22 years old. And I climbed my way up, but through God. You know, I went to college. Through God, I was able to become a professional chef and... um, get a culinary degree through God, 
you know, through God, he healed my heart. He delivered me from, um, soul ties and the low self-esteem that allowed me to even be in that situation from the beginning. And so my reasoning also for having a heart for mothers is because it is hard for single mothers. You know, I've, I've gone through having to live in the projects and having to then go through a really bad, ugly, hate-filled custody battle. I've gone through so much. And so that is why I, I just want to encourage women, young moms, whatever, old, because I have gone through it, but I'm still standing and I have purpose. And my purpose is to um, share what I've gone through so that you can see that God is able, you know, I remember leaving and my kid's father telling me nobody will want me because I have four kids and nobody, no real man is going to want to be bothered with somebody else's kids. The devil is a liar. My husband met me and as soon as he laid eyes on me, he told his friends that I was his wife. The first time he laid eyes on me. Um, and then as I began to date him, he handled me with care and he said, you know, I, I don't plan on dating you for a long time because I know that you are my wife. He wasn't a man that was washed up and had a whole bunch of kids. He only had one daughter. And later on, after I married him, I gave him his boy. And so God has a purpose for your plan, your life. He has a plan for your life. And I want you to be encouraged. Because I think that we, as women, we go through some very difficult things. And um, this is a Christian podcast. I say that all the time because it really is. Um, And this week I was studying the scripture. Now, don't get me on the way that I say this word, (laughs) this chapter. But I believe it's Habakkuk. Um, And it's Habakkuk 2 and 3. And so I'm going to read it in two different versions. And so I want to give you a backdrop to this. And um, the backdrop was that this was a time where um, these people, a lot like last week's scripture, they were being tortured. They were being um, abused. They were being murdered. They were being um, really, they were having a hard time. And so... This person, Habakkuk, he made a complaint to the Lord through prayer. It was basically saying, God, where are you? Do you see what's going on? Do you see how we're being tortured? And and you're just going to leave us here like this? And so, in the next scripture, this was, you know, a response to God, to him from God. And it says, um, in one version... It says that the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait for it. It will surely take place. And I want to give it to you in another version as well. NIV says, The vision is for a future time. It describes the end. And it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. 
I think I just gave you guys the same version. <laughs> so let's look at the message version. And I really like the message version because the message version of the Bible really breaks a scripture down. And if you guys, I recommended this Bible last week, um, I'll recommend it again, and it's the Life Application Study Bible. You can look it up on Amazon, but it's my favorite Bible because it really breaks it down. And also, if you have a phone, you can download the Version Bible app. And then in this app, it gives you all the different versions that you can actually pick for it to be in. And so, okay, in the Message by Version, it says, And God answered, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big black letters so that it can be read on the run. The vision or message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It is on the way. It will come right on time. And so that was a response to them. Reminding them that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. He was going to rescue them like he said he would. And instead of questioning the ways of God, we should realize that he is totally just. And that we should have faith that he is in control. And that one day, the evil in our lives will be totally, utterly destroyed. And for me, I really I really wanted to apply that really plain because sometimes the evil that is in our lives is inside of us. Sometimes, you know, I went through a really bad and hate-filled custody battle because it was birthed out of the hate and um, just dislike, utter dislike that I have for their dad and him for me. So here I am um, over 10 years later, right? I still have the children. I still have the same children's father. But what has been shattered on the inside of me is the enemy. There is no host (laughs) inside of me that I will give him. I will not give him any room to live inside my heart. So there's no hate. There's no malice. I have been healed. I have been whole. Um, I have been made whole. And so I'm able to effectively co-parent now. Even if the other co even if um, the other parent hasn't changed, I have changed and um, allowed the love of the Lord to dictate and rule the way that I am going to co-parent. I'm no longer angry and full of rage and hate. And so it's possible, ladies. It is possible to be healed from that situation so much so that you can still be nice. And it doesn't hurt you too. And you won't feel bitter or angry forever. And so that's a little bit of a piece of why I am um, so passionate for mothers as well. But in that scripture, I wanted to relay it to where I was. That moment when I got to my mom's couch and I didn't know what was next. I knew that God... With you, you know, all things are possible. And I know that you didn't just bring me here to leave me. But I I can't even say that I was 
really that strong yet. Um, I had the faith of a mustard seed. If you've never heard that scripture before, that's all God requires us of us is faith the small as small as a mustard seed. And if you know what a mustard seed is, it's really small. It's like a small grain. That's all God needs from us. He'll take the rest and then he will grow and multiply that faith. I remember uh, first getting there, my sister, we we came at the same time. She was in Atlanta and she was really going through some things and she had had her first son. Her first son and my son were six months apart. Six weeks apart. Her son and my son were six weeks apart. And so she came back to my mom's house the same time that I did. And we were able to love and support each other so much so. And um, I remember us trying to figure out what we would do to support our children. And we almost became CNAs. (laughs) We were in shout out to the CNAs because there's nothing wrong with that. But um, that wasn't our path. We were um, very close to signing up for school and just going uh, for that. But but it didn't work out. And so today she's a teacher. Um, She teaches the first grade. She went through college and got her degrees and did what she needed to do and take all her testing. And her son now has just turned 13. And I am a a chef. And so um, God is amazing. And my children today, my oldest son is 18 years old. I have a 15-year-old. I have a 13-year-old, I have a 12-year-old, and I have a 2-year-old. And so my heart always goes out to the mommy. Um, I pray for mommies all the time. Uh, I carry the heaviness and the burdens of mommies. I pray, I intercede, and I stand in the gap because we have so much to carry for our children. Um, And so I have so many stories that, that I can share, but I really want to begin to this year encourage the mothers a little more and focus on you guys because we are the backbone of our families. Whether there's a husband or not, whether you are a single mom or you're a married mom, you know, you are the backbone of your family. So you need to be strengthened, you need to be encouraged, you need to be motivated, and you need to be inspired. And so, this is the place that will do that for you sometimes and so i love you all ladies uh that scripture i will leave in the link in the description of the show and um you guys can study that and just have hope hope in your destiny hope that god you know you put your hope in god you put your trust in god you put your faith in god and believe that he can take you from the pit of whatever situation that you may find yourself in and make it all better and give you a future and a hope. For real, guys. When I left that abusive situation, I I had no idea what was next, but I knew that that one step was the best step and giving my life to Christ was the safest step. And so... um wherever this may find you i pray that if you have fallen away from christ you find yourself back in his arms and sometimes that doesn't always mean 
immediately running back to the church because I, you know, I share all the time. I didn't get saved in church. Um, at 21, I got saved in my living room, crying out to God and asking him to make a way for me to get out of here. And I promised him that I wouldn't go back. And I rededicated myself to him and I told him I loved him and, and I allowed him to just have his way from that moment on. So you can listen to this podcast and decide that wherever you're listening, you're going to just take it, you know, give, give him your all. You're going to give him your all. And that starts with just opening your heart and allowing him to love you, coming into the knowledge and the, um, you know, realization that God is real and that he sent his son to die for you. And that it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop with belief. He wants to have a relationship with you. Like a relationship where you call your friend or you call your mom and your mom loves you or you're married or, or you may have a, a boyfriend and you love him or you love, you know, your husband. God wants to love you even more. He wants to talk to you. He wants to guide you and direct you. And so I hope that today's message have, has, if not anything else, encouraged you to want to dedicate everything to God. So, guys, hope that you're having an amazing week. And if you're not, <laughs> always remember, you have the option to choose joy. One last thing, if you are listening on the Apple Podcast Forum, leave us a review. Leave us a review. And what this does is help other women like you to find the show. If you enjoy, leave us a review. And also follow us on social media. Alrighty? Alright. I'll be with you guys next week. Bye-bye. Ready to receive your joy.